0: Welcome back. I'm Alfred Lamont Weber, and uh, today we, we're very privileged to have coming to us from Berkeley, California, our special guest, Lorraine Murray, independent scientist. Welcome, Lorraine.
1: Hello, Alfred. It's so nice to um, hear your voice and to be doing this interview with you. And, um, I'm really pleased with our audience and the comments that they've been making about our interviews, indicating they really like them and the deep history. And um, I think people feel like they're being educated, which is exactly what we're doing about very, very important uh, local and global issues, which are pretty much inseparable and. Um, Uh, Basically, what uh, especially the United States is creating globally is chaos. They're really, really good at that. And um, lawyers in court, as you know, don't always win because they're right. A lot of times and most of the time they win because they emotionally hijack people uh, on the witness stand or whatever. and, And then they can take control of them. So uh, I'm very happy that you're a lawyer. It's been a great contribution to our interviews with my background in science, that I think we're very unique, and I think that's why people um, really get a lot out of the interviews. It's more than one perspective, and it's a global perspective, and we've had a lot of adventures around the world together too. So. Um, What we're going to talk about today, uh, we'll be focusing on news in the United States and update on what's happening on the rollout of the uh, Homeland Security and FEMA uh, technology and uh, suppression in the United States, but um, Janet Napolitano, who's now the president of the University of California, she came from being the head of uh, the Department of Homeland Security, which is the Jesuit Gestapo. And uh, before she left Homeland Security, she had sold contracts to 15 Commonwealth countries to provide Department of Homeland Security and FEMA um, support to those countries. Uh, so that's... um that's where a lot of the very, very mendacious and um, very, very suppressive repressive, very destructive and very chaotic chaotic practices and mechanisms are coming from to roll out the global Jesuit agenda. and as far as I can see putin uh, President Putin of Russia is one of the only really effective opponents. Uh, to this new world order, as we're seeing now today in the Russian and Syrian successes with the uh, help of Iran and Hezbollah, even the Iraqis are fighting with them. They've come from their countries to support the expulsion, the extermination of the um, these horrible, horrible terrorists that have been supported and funded by the United States. And some of the I call them the Gulf, the Arabian Gulf oil plantations, but they are simply uh, oil producers who have been captured by uh, U.S. hegemony and um, bribes and all kinds of things. So let's get on with the show.
0: Right, right, and and as you mentioned uh, in our in our most recent program you were talking about the cooperative um economy that the new silk Road economy that putin's russia and china are creating and this week we'll be contrasting that with what you said is the global chaos agenda that the western powers the uk the us and israel uh which are sort of the manifestations of the Jesuit and other uh, hidden agendas, um, it, sort of the concentrating on 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 the U.S. and getting very very topical uh, because it's 2016 and and we have the presidential race and we just had the New Hampshire primary. And, uh, Donald Trump seems to have come out of nowhere, although he's been running for president, uh, for at least 15 to 25 years. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of foreshadowing in uh, movies and cartoons and all sorts of things about a Trump presidency. He now wants to build a wall. He calls it a Chinese wall. Uh, with Mexico to keep out the heroin because of the heroin epidemic. However, you and I have long covered that, and it seems to me that heroin is dope ink. So it's the CIA that has been bringing in the heroin, you know, since the Vietnam War and before, and that if you're going to stop the heroin, you've got to ask, get the CIA to stop its war on the American people. Could you comment on this and why the American people are being tricked and trumped again with this Mexican wall, which is just another CIA baffle?
1: Well, first of all, um, the Jesuits run the global uh, drug racket. And, um, And so Trump basically is an agent of the Jesuits. Don't forget that. And the Jesuit mafia, the Jesuit Gestapo, that's really what he is. And and don't expect anything different from him, uh, because he also went to uh, Catholic and Jesuit schools and was trained by the Jesuits. So he's definitely a Jesuit agent. Lyndon LaRouche is also um, Obama. Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, all these people have gone through uh, Jesuit training at some point in their careers or or during their education, and uh, many of them go to Georgetown University to get their uh, Jesuit hat or uh, Jesuit ID card or whatever it is uh but they're on the Jesuit agenda and ten percent of Congress is Jesuit trained. That's quite a large percentage. So um so they run the global drug racket. Um uh, they set it up uh in the seventeen hundreds uh by uh using Britain to occupy and take over and overthrow the uh, legitimate rulers in India so that they could grow opium in the foothills of the Himalayas. And then that opium was stored in big balls the size of somebody's head um, in warehouses on these racks that went up two or three stories. And they, all these thousands, thousands, hundreds of thousands of opium balls were stored on these racks. And then the uh, sea captains would, from the U.S. and from uh, Boston mainly, the Boston Brahmins, would um, travel to India in fast clipper ships and pick up the opium because um, the uh, the British East India Company did not want to go and sell opium directly in China because it, it was illegal. They didn't want to violate Chinese customs, but the sea captains were greedy, and they were happy to it to do it. And so they would take the opium to China, and they would um, uh, sell it. Uh, at first, the Chinese wanted it in uh, gold or silver, and then uh, later on, the the um, British didn't want to lose all their gold and silver doing this trade for tea. That they could charge taxes on silk and porcelain. And so the, um, the British took over China and, and completely addicted 250 million people to opium. Boy, is that a big candy store. And does that make a lot of revenue? And Franklin Delano Roosevelt's mother was born in Shanghai. And his um, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's grandfather worked for the Russell Company, and we know that the Russell Trust funded Skull and Bones. So these are all circles within circles and, and systems within subsystems, but it's all the same thing. It's so ink. And above the Jesuits, this is who the Jesuits, the Zionists, the Masons, the Ku Klux Klan, uh, organized crime, they all work for the ancient Iranian bloodlines that uh, we've been talking about in in interviews over the past year. So, um, so uh, I just got I forgot the question.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, that. Oh yes, that
1: Trump and he... that wall. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Trump now, as a presidential candidate, is selling the Jesuit agenda, and the Jesuit agenda is to completely enslave America. And when I was working at the Lawrence Livermore Lab between 1989 and 91 as a staff scientist, two Soviet KGB generals came and spent some time there. And I asked my my lab partner, "What, what are they doing here? This, this is the Cold War, and that's the enemy. Why are they at the most highly protected facility in the United States, a nuclear weapons lab? And they seem to have free reign. And he said, oh, well, they're transferring the technologies, of political control that they used to subdue the Soviet-era uh, population, and they're just giving it to the U.S. government now and transferring it here through the Livermore lab. And I said, well, well, what are they doing? Why are they doing that? He said, oh, they're flipping the United States from a democratic free country with a constitution, a very good one, uh, to uh, the Soviet system. And it's going to be worse than the Bolshevik Revolution. What's going to happen to America? Much more repressive and more people are going to die. And um, that was... Um, that was unbelievable to me, but it was the end of the Cold War and um, and the Soviet Union collapsed maybe two years after these KGB generals were at Livermore. They went on to the Defense Information Agency and that's where they're, they've developed the real ID card, which Oracle Computers is making, and uh, there are also two of them running Homeland Security. Right now, they set it up and they're running it. So Janet Napolitano wasn't making all the decisions, or, and she wasn't the power behind the throne. She was on the throne of Homeland Security, but it was actually Soviet, um, Soviet-era KGB generals who are running Homeland Security now.
0: Well, now, well, yeah, now,
1: this wall is part of Homeland Security. It's part of a completely Uh, putting an electronic invisible barbed wire fence or razor wire fence around the United States. And they've weaponized through the Jade Helm exercises that started in July of 2015. Uh, it's all been downhill for American freedom ever since then. And we're in February of 2016 now. And they've done, uh, very, very rapidly they have wrapped up the West Coast and the Southern Coast and the Canadian border and
0: the East Coast. And this is all leading to fencing in the U.S.
1: and containing the American population that will be exterminated and extinguished and um, all the wealth will be stolen from them in the next decades. And, um, and that's what Donald Trump is really promoting Part of that barbed wire fence would be a huge wall across, uh, the southern, uh, border with Mexico.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, as I understand it, the, the, uh, the heroin, uh, comes in via submarine and is, is imported by the black ops in, uh, intelligence agency contractors it doesn't come in uh via the southern borders yeah, uh, in fact you have information as to where it comes in uh into San Francisco which is via the navy base there isn't that correct
1: yes it's uh it's a uh decommissioned uh, navy base Hunters Point Naval Shipyard and um uh, not many people know, but uh, Gordon Getty from the uh, famous Getty family is the drug czar for the West Coast of the United States. And this extends up into Canada. And so I had a, a, a stringer friend who did freelance filming of news. And he told me that one night he went down to the abandoned shipyard at Hunter's Point late at night and kind of in the middle of the night, he was driving around in the dark on um, their old nuclear submarine berths and um, their uh, ship shipping repair yards and stuff like that that are not used anymore except that night he found they are very much used, and that's why they're still there because suddenly his car was surrounded by black SUVs covered with antennas on the roof, and all these guys in in black ops, black hoods, everything, and machine guns, and they uh, said, what are you doing here? And he said, well, I'm a news stringer. I was just driving around, and they took his film, they took his camera, and they scared him to death, and they said, don't ever come back here. And they were obviously bringing in drugs in large quantities, and they do it regularly through the Hunter's Point Naval Shipyard in San Francisco. Now, I know also uh, from people, uh woman I met uh, who used to live in Waco. She was raised there. She... Uh, told me, she, she was telling me about Waco, and she said, well, it used to be um, an Air Force base. And I said, well, did you ever see any drugs there? Because she said there's 747s landing all day and all night there, and the people who live around the, the runway are told not to look at the plane. And these are the residents who aren't supposed to look at the plane. The unmarked planes. Where is this? Waco, Texas. Huh. And and it's an old Air Force base. So the runways, everything's there, all the infrastructure for making it a big drug depot. And I said, okay, what else is in Waco? And she said, um, oh, well, um, it's the headquarters in Texas for the Scottish Rite Masons. Masonic Lodge. They have a huge facility here, and I started laughing. I almost fell on the floor, rolling around laughing. And I said, "Oh well, it's the um, it's the uh these uh, Scottish Rite Masons who are the in between guys for the Jesuits on uh, for doping. They're at at the publicly at the top of doping, but it's not. It's Publicly known, but uh, above uh, the Masonic, uh, yes, the uh, Scottish Rite Masonic uh, people. Uh, I think most of the global population doesn't understand that the Jesuits are involved, and they're doing it for these ancient Iranian bloodlines. The dope, the dope bracket.
0: Now so my yeah, sorry. So there's
1: there's one more place they're coming in, and that's into the MENA Airport, which. President Clinton built uh, when he was governor of Arkansas, and very few people know that his mother is actually the illegitimate daughter of the of Governor Rockefeller of Arkansas. And so, Clinton is actually, and uh, and this would be through marriage. Hillary Clinton would also be in the Rockefeller uh, uh, extended family. So. Uh, she's probably going to be president for that reason. And uh, so Clinton, Bill Clinton, built that airport as a trade-free zone. Uh, the U.S. has no legal jurisdiction. They can't enter it to uh, with any law enforcement or anything. And Rockefeller 747s that are unmarked are landing there every day with uh, thousands of tons of, of uh, China white heroin. And it's the way the Chinese government is paying off their debt, uh, loans, and interest to the Rockefellers for lending them the money to modernize China. So um, there's lots of heroin coming into the country. And every time I read a journal of the American Medical Association JAMA issue, there is always an article or a mention of the heroin flooding into the United States and it seems to increase or spike during uh, war times when we're involved, for instance, in the Ukraine or Iraq, Afghanistan. Uh, so it's somehow linked to the wars and I believe it's because the sick and wounded soldiers are coming back. Uh, the U.S. doesn't really have very good uh, treatment for pain and so these Wounded soldiers and mentally ill soldiers are turning to heroin to relieve their discomfort. But it's not just them, it's spreading everywhere.
0: Right, right. Now, this, uh, so this has actually been reported on by mainstream reporters. I know that even got awards, and I think one of them was actually assassinated. Out of San Diego, California back in the 80s. And, uh, so, so this is common knowledge. Mm -hmm. And yet we have now here we are in 2016 and we have presidential campaigns. We have debates and nobody is mentioning, uh, any of this, including the MENA airport. And this is common knowledge in the research community. Why is that?
1: Uh, well, it's because it's a huge illegal racket. Um, the the um, dope bank racket uh, produces five times more money. There's five times more currency circulating in this underground economy than in the global legitimate economy that we all think is running the world. Um, that That hidden economy based on drugs is, is, uh, for every dollar in circulation, they're $5 in that economy in circulation. And a lot of the money is uh, put in offshore banks uh, in island nations that were formerly uh, part of the British Empire, and they're independent now, but uh, Queen Elizabeth owns 52% of the banks on these uh, former uh, colonies.
0: Right, right. Now, if uh, uh, and and just for those viewers that may not have seen it, I know that we did a whole series on doping, and I know that myself, I'm of the Vietnam War generation. And the book Dope Inc really exploded and exposed the Vietnam War as nothing more than a cover for Dope Inc. to import, uh, 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 heroin, uh, in, in the body bags from, uh, of, of dead soldiers from the Golden Triangle, where supposedly the Vietnam Vietnamese war was taking place, in order to addict the inner cities, uh the underclass of the US and the youth. And I say that because at the time one of my legal clients was Pan American Airways, which had the the uh the uh contract uh for bringing back dead GIs in body bags. And it led to my leaving uh, Wall Street law practice because I could not, I could not stomach the moral, uh, uh, you know, just the moral corruptness of that. So it's been known now for over 40 years that it's the CIA, the government and big capital that, and Dope Inc., which is the monarchies, uh, the City of London bankers, uh, and Wall Street, which is addicting the US. Uh how is this gonna be stopped?
1: It's not. Uh, there uh there has to be uh an increase in awareness. There has to be uh um, A global movement that is unstoppable and it has to be overwhelming uh, in order to stop it. Uh, We have to get rid of the corruption. The United States is really one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Um, Although it's hidden from the people, but I think they're realizing it more and more now. Um, I mean, John Kerry's family fortune and the Roosevelt family fortune was made on doping. Um John Kerry's great, 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 great grandfather from the early 1800s, when he was 24 years old, he owned three fast clipper ships and he was doing the opium run to China and uh, made a fortune for the family. But uh these families never kind of like to mention that that they made their fortune on drugs but they're really happy to continue supporting that endeavor and if you notice um what Kerry uh was associated with what what uh um, committees was he on when he was in Congress in the Senate um what countries was he visiting and what wars was he interested in uh, in his career in the State Department and in Congress, and you'll see that um, most of the activities he was involved with had to do with drugs. Now, Leon Panetta is another one. He's an ancient Iranian bloodline, and he's from a princely family uh, that is from an old city between uh, Vienna and uh, northern Italy. And while well, he was in Congress, he was Secretary of Transportation for President Clinton. Uh, then when Ob- Obama became president, he appointed him to be head of the CIA. Well, the CIA was turned over to the Jesuits, or they sh- I should say they took it over in 2002. And uh, so Panetta served two years as head of the CIA, and when it was all, all taken over by the Jesuits, and what he did was, um, well, I'll tell you in a minute. And then uh, he left the CIA after two years and became Secretary of Defense. Okay, what does transportation, CIA, and defense have to do with each other? Well, it's all related to drugs. And what he did actually was to modernize the Ndrangheta, which is was a small... Mafia family centered um, mafia group in Italy, down in the southern part, and I think he's from the town. His father was from the village of Sedona. I think that that's the name of the town. And um, his father and every male in that town had to be members. It's mandatory that you are a member of the Ndrangheta, and He and his wife came to uh, the Monterey area. They were sent ahead of time. Uh, They owned uh, 10 or 11 Italian restaurants in in the little town of Monterey. And, of course, they were working with the U.S. Navy. And a lot of foreign uh, military entities come over and spend time there in Monterey with the U.S. Navy. So it's a good uh, meeting point set all this global drug racketeering up with. And um, Japan, for instance, sends heroin to the United States um, in their brand-new Hondas. And they take the brand-new engine out of the Honda, put an older engine in, packed with heroin. The new engines are shipped separately. When the cars arrive, um, a CIA shop will remove the engines with the heroin and put the original new engine back in the car, and then they go off to dealerships. And um, so this is how they're this is how they're transporting dope around the world. And every Canadian bank is involved in it. The P and O Pacific and Orient Shipping Line is their distribution for uh, by sea. Those ships carry the heroin all over the world and deliver it. And um, it's the Tyson Chicken uh, chicken Company trucks and Walmart trucks that go into the MENA airport in Arkansas, pick up the heroin, and uh, deliver it, along with the chickens and whatever else they have in their trucks. So um, this is a well-oiled, smoothly running, highly profitable, and extremely dangerous industry.
0: Right. Right, and just a final word: How is it that you can have Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton out on the stump when they know this? Are they psychopaths?
1: Of course, they're psychopaths. They're sociopaths, and and most of our leaders today have been selected uh, for that spectrum of mental illness that ranges in the. Um, The less severe phase as, uh, sociopaths, uh, to the most extreme, um, uh, example of or extent of the, uh, this mental illness. And that those are the psychopaths like Edward Teller and people who love to build really big nuclear bombs to kill lots of people. and we have a whole spectrum of leadership now leading leading from uh, sociopaths to psychopaths um it's just It's just how it is. They've been selected for it it's the the agenda, the jesuit agenda, and uh we're entering uh very, very, very strange and very, very dangerous times and there's a song that I've listened to by a british band um about this is the end of the world as you know it. And I always wondered, how did they know? Because now I know and we know.
0: Are you, but are you how, talking how about REM? Are, are you talking about REM? Yeah. Is, yeah, well, they're, they're from Georgia. They're, they're not from the oh, UK. They're, they're,
1: they're the South, okay. Yeah. They probably heard it from the military bases.
0: Yeah, no, the, this is the end of the world, and and I feel fine. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah
1: and I feel fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, okay, now let's let's jump from that specific doping question, which I think we we just exposed everything from Donald Trump's wall, which he says it'll cost eight billion dollars, to the entire of doping the CIA. Uh, The Clintons, MENA Airport, this has been going, as you pointed out, for hundreds of years. And since the Vietnam War, in absolute acceleration and is the source of the the fact that the U.S. is drug addicted, is its own government, is the intelligence agencies. Okay, now...
1: And that's what is behind the NAFTA highway. Right. The NAFTA highway in every state from Mexico, uh, where it enters Texas, to the Saskatchewan um, government uh, parliament. Um, that that highway goes past the Scottish Right headquarters in every state. It is a drug highway going north. And it is a, um, a mining minerals, extracting resources, natural resources from Canada, going south into Mexico, and that's shipped off to uh, China, India, big developing country. So that's what the NAFTA highway is.
0: Okay, let's let's shift there to a related topic, and you mentioned. Uh, Janet Napolitano who was head of homeland security and now is now head of the University of California system and urban warfare by that I mean the occupation of urban america and attacks against uh, uh the american people using the weapons the frequency weapons advanced weapons of the transhumanist agenda and Uh, uh, you have been speaking about this, uh, most especially because now it's the alternative media that is being targeted because you as one of our special correspondents have been especially targeted. Our last program, we could not bring you on video because that had been blocked. And so, uh, you, uh, and, uh, your co-host, Lorenz Batis are being targeted relentlessly with frequency weapons, but so are all the people of the Bay Area with high technology. So could you please tell us about that rollout that is happening in the United States with this advanced urban warfare and what their agenda is?
1: Well, it's a big mystery why Janet Napolitano was hired as UC president, since basically she's a cop. And, um, uh, Jesuit mafia, Jesuit, uh, Gestapo. And, uh, it was, uh, she was hired without any search, uh, na- nationwide search or anything for the most quali- qualified person has no experience in education at all. She was governor of Arizona and and then uh, jumped into helicopter ride to Homeland Security and then, God, she got a super ride into UC system. This is about three years ago. We're going on three and a half years ago. And since then, uh, well, first of all, she brought FEMA and Homeland Security with her and she's running a lot of programs with them and for them out of the uC pres the University of california president's office. I don't see um, how that could be happening. she's supposed to be an educator uh, but it's actually a war zone a war uh, it's a war headquarters and so um, basically the uh, Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area is a triangle of hell. And this triangle of hell and dark deception and deep, deep, deep roots to, uh, who's at the very top and operating at the very top, um, is, uh, has a lot of Nazi ties, uh, Bechtel, the engineering company, uh, Kaiser Steele, uh, who had a lot to do with the Manhattan Project in World War II. Um, There are a lot of very, very dark entities here, the Gettys, and um, very, very powerful people. In fact, that's why the first United Nations was built in San Francisco. and later the Rockefellers donated the um, the land on the in, in New York City for the UN where it where it is now, after um, they refused to relocate to the uh, ro- re- relocate the u n to the Rockefeller um, uh, family um, uh, estate in upper state New York. so it ended up being in New York City well this is a very powerful area, but it's called I call it the triangle of hell because it is where Stanford University is, which is the link to Britain and the Tavistock Institute, and other dark, very dark projects in England. And uh the Livermore nuclear weapons lab, which is um just across San Francisco Bay from Stanford and they worked together. Uh Stanford did a lot of things on development of HARP. They're still doing it. And uh Livermore Lab is where the Russians, the Soviets and, and the US secretly developed HARP together because the US couldn't have done it without the uh, hundred more than a hundred years of uh, scientific research the Russians have done in the Arctic hardly anybody even knows about that. And um, and then the third corner of this triangle is UC Berkeley, and um, UC Davis is also involved, but they're further out in the agricultural valley. But this triangle of hell has brought MK Ultra nuclear weapons, Harb. Uh, the UN, all these dark, dark projects and agencies have been here. So this is a big, powerful center here. And I think I got a real clue when I was investigating these ancient bloodline families, in particular Fidel Castro's family, which is the Farnese family. And the Farnese family and the Borgia these are ancient Iranian bloodlines. Yes, Castro is Iranian. Leon Panetta is Uzbek-Iranian. And um, the, these are old, old 5,000-year-old families that have continuously, with other bloodline families, from uh, Iran and Persia have ruled the world, and they still do. And um, so I was looking at um, Spanish land grants, in California, and there was a big lawsuit at the Supreme Court in the 1860s or 70s. It was after the Spanish um, turned over the Spanish, uh, California, Spanish, America in an official treaty to of Guadalupe and Hidalgo to the, to the American government. But there was a treaty, that treaty guaranteed that people who were Spanish and held Spanish land grants from that time uh, would be allowed to retain their land grants under the United States government, and um, and so it had a list of over eight hundred and fifty names uh, from a lawsuit that the state of California uh, filed against all the land grant owners, the Spanish ones, as soon as they got title to the state, and um, the uh, this case went to the Supreme Court, and so the Supreme Court had to look at every single land grant and decide individually whether they would um, honor the treaty or whether there were questions or not quite enough proof in the application. And I was looking at the last names, that I noticed Castro was the most prolific land-grant holder, the Castro family or the House of Castro, with lots of cousins and everything, um, of these Spanish land-grants. And also some of the largest ones, 200 500, acres, uh, and 500,000 uh, acres, huge land-grants. And there were smaller ones, too. But the Castro name was the most prolific uh, applicant to retain their Spanish land grants. And um, and so that means to me that it's really the Castro family or the Farnese family that control and owns California. And the Rothschilds work for them. So um, it's all really, really very interesting. I forgot your question.
0: Well, the the uh, the... The uh, question really has to do with the implementation and rollout of these yeah. new technologies of mind control, yeah. uh, of the transhumanist agenda, uh, yeah. in the Bay Area and by implication throughout the U.S. of the rollout of an, of an AI artificial intelligence, which is what Jade Helm was all about.
1: That's correct. And it's also going to roll out in other other regions, especially the Commonwealth countries, who made these contracts with Janet Napolitano. So Berkeley is a microcosm and uh, the very earliest rollout that we're sitting here watching, like from the front row seat in a movie theater. And uh, there is no popcorn here. It's not fun at all. It's not entertaining. It's a nightmare. And just since Janet Napolitano appeared in California, um, it, she came in October. And uh, and then by January 1st, a Homeland Security and FEMA started coming out of the closet. And we had widespread, very, very intense gang stalking. Um, they had picked up homeless people all over the Bay Area, and they were bringing them in buses. Into Berkeley, into Oakland, into San Francisco, into Alameda. And I went, what in the world is going on? And I discovered that these four cities um, are actually on a list uh, on the Rockefeller Foundation website of four of 100 cities around the world that have been selected by the Rockefellers as very, very special cities that would be um, less likely to have natural disasters. Well, that sounds like they're being protected from harp disasters, false flags. And uh, so they are pumping all kinds of security. They are suppressing people. They're squeezing people out. They are doing very heavy chemtrailing here with dirty, 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 wispy clouds at the lowest altitude. And then they bring the weather in from the Pacific over these dirty chemical clouds and rain them out. And we've even seen them raining them out over specific neighborhoods where black and poor people live. So they're exterminating them. They have added new chemicals on top of fluoride and other other stuff chemicals they've been putting in municipal drinking water, and they are adding more chemicals to the um, these poor neighborhoods that are getting the chemicals in the rain also. So these people are dropping like flies. I know a lot of them. I've worked with um, black communities. I've written for their newspapers, and um, it's very, very upsetting for me um, to see a population of people who I know and I respect and I've worked with and I think they're just about the most aware group of people in the United States because remember, they worked as slaves around the dinner tables on those plantations and all this talk about what's happening today, they were talking about then too. So uh, they're pretty much in the know. Plus, they've spent a lot of time in the streets, day laborers or whatever. So they've seen a lot. They've observed it, and um, they they see the signs and symbols too. They know what's coming and how it's happening and so forth. So um, it's um, uh, it's just horrible. They have in the city of Berkeley. They put up all of these. Um, light poles that come in boatloads. They're going all over the world to different countries. They're coming from China. Well, there's special street lights that have flat array antennas in them. That's a Navy design, uh, which is very, very, very powerful. And they are being miniaturized so they can use multiple ones in cell phones. And it's like a, an antenna array. Uh, you could put five or six or eight of these small antennas, maybe the size of a dime or or a penny, in a cell phone, and you have a very, very powerful weapon that you can use against people. They walk up and down the streets. They come on buses. They come into the subway cars, and they start... just turning around and facing you and you start getting hit with EMF that leaves you crippled. You can hardly get out of the BART station or off the bus when they're through with you. And um, these uh, the students at Berkeley, all of the state universities and colleges in the United States, were flipped to Satanism starting with the fall quarter or the fall semester, the fall term in these state government-funded colleges and universities. And now they don't want middle-class students. They don't want citizens of the state uh, because the tuition should have been no tuition, but now the tuition went from zero to um, it's over $15,000 a year now. That should be free. And who owns the uh, student loan companies? Well, Dick, Law, Diane senator Diane Feinstein's husband was the board uh, chairman of the Board of Regents that's the uh, he was the CEO of the University of California basically he has over 750 million dollars invested in his company to loan money to students well the student loans now the interest starts the day you apply for it or you get the first check and um, and the interest rates are higher than credit cards, your parents have to sign as guarantors of the loan so that if you don't pay, they they have to. If they die, your unborn children even, your children who aren't even born yet are already saddled with your debt. And there aren't any jobs. So how are these students gonna pay this back? Working at McDonald's? I don't think so. So um they're uh, they're uh, they're training all these students to uh, and Berkeley's about fifty percent foreign students, 52 percent Chinese and Asian, and so these students are all being trained in uh, to be saboteurs and spies, and they're sent back to their states or their cities in California or their countries, and they are sent back programmed. To destroy their own governments and overthrow the legitimate leaders. And to bring in Monsanto, to bring in the U.S., to bring in the U.S. military, to bring in NATO or the local, uh, they have different regions for NATO with different names for it, but basically it's NATO. And um, so they're militarizing the entire planet and overthrowing the government and then destroying these countries. Through uh, universities and colleges by
0: hijacking these students. Now, so that the way that they hijack the students is through make through in effect the transhumanist agenda of robotizing them by making them uh, a form of gang stalkers. Correct? That, that that is. Oh, it's all.
1: This is all gang stalking, and. Yeah. The, um, doing these hits on people as they're walking down the street. I mean, they can flip you up in the air and slam you into the sidewalk. I've seen them doing it to older women. They think it's really fun. And, um, uh, they've done it a lot to me and to Larry. Uh, we go out and do surveys every periodically to, um, uh, check on it. And, um, and so after these, uh, These street lights appeared, and then the cell phones, uh, like the 5G cell phone, has all these antennas, this array of antennas in it. And as they miniaturize them, um, they get smaller, but they actually get more powerful because they're doing more science to develop them. And um, and so then uh, strange things are happening. These are kind of what you would call environmental issues. And I noticed um, all all of my teacups that are sitting on a shelf started just breaking. And um, I, I would be standing in the room where I'd come home or something and nobody'd been in the house or anything and there'd be another teacup, uh, these are the Japanese ones, broken, all the teapots and and the, um, the end of this pouring spout broken off. And I went, what is going on? This is, too systematic then they started uh breaking my teeth and um they just blasted a molar a small molar right out of my head right out of my mouth and it did have a large um uh amalgam um uh, not a crown but a filling on it and uh and and so then the next thing this blast couple of weeks, the, the enamel on the back of my front teeth is being chipped off, and um, and then they've also chipped away on my lower row of teeth before in the front, and so it's higher on one side and very low on the other side. They've just done a, <laughs> a slanted uh, chipping away of my teeth systematically to to make it asymmetrical.
0: Well, this, and, this is a, a form of frequency weapon, and there are two other people who they're doing similar things to. One is your co-host, Laurence Batis, and another uh, is a guest that we've had here on, on uh, ExoPolitics TV, and that's Christina Consolo. So this, this is happening all at once, as part of an attack on the alternative media that's reporting this in the United States, it appears.
1: This is a Dental Frequency Terrorism Act, or application, or whatever you want to call it. And I first noticed it when I was invited by um, the Member of Parliament in Canada from the Kootenays, uh, Alex Adamanenko, and he asked me to come up and campaign about five or eight years ago in Canada against the, uh, uranium mining. Well, that's when my teeth started, um, uh, pieces breaking off. And I just couldn't, I knew they were doing something because I've had these teeth my whole life. They never broke. And all of a sudden, you know, pieces are flying off. And, um, uh, so, um, so it, They've been doing this for a long time, but I did first notice it after myself on Native American friends of mine. My house is a safe house for Native Americans. And uh, so some of them, every time they came, I noticed another tooth was missing. And they had perfect teeth the whole time that I've known them for many years. So why are they suddenly falling out? Uh, Well, they weren't falling out they're being knocked out with very sophisticated frequency. And, um, also, um, uh, who else? Uh, Well, Christina, yes. Um, I, I think that she's lost three teeth in the last two months. Uh, uh, lost a tooth, uh, after our last interview that we did on Putin and the Silk Road. And, um, as soon as he had uploaded the film uh, track out of the cameras onto his computer to edit it, um, he's sitting there and looked at me kind of funny. He said, well, it's all on the computer now. And then he took a piece of a tooth out of his mouth and handed it to me. So they took a molar out then. And then one week later, uh, last night, when we... You and I had discussed uh, doing this show today in a series of them. Um, he was sitting there looking at me this is just before dinner. He said, Something weird's happening with my mouth. And all of a sudden, his whole crown came off of the back molar. And it's what his, um, his, uh, he has a, uh, a bridge, and it anchors to that molar. So they destroyed the molar that his bridge is attached to and was specially made for. And uh, so I'm seeing this all over. And then Christina Consolo, she and I were talking on the phone before, earlier yesterday, and she said, oh, Lorraine, there's a new article in the Daily Mail in Britain about <laughs> the enamel on people's teeth disappearing and, and, and um, uh, metal crowns and, and metal fillings uh, coming out of, of, of teeth for no reason and so I looked in the Daily Mail she sent me the link and this is the title um, and it was it's in the February 10th 2016 Daily Mail. So do a search on it and read the article How your electric toothbrush can destroy your. And what it is, it's a cover for the dental warfare that's going on. Now they're trying to blame it on the, the electric uh, toothbrushes. Now, uh, it's uh, I know from all of my experience and all the people I know this is happening to, that it's actually frequency. So it's a form of dental EMF or frequency, terrorism or warfare, and it's blatant. It's happening, lots of places, and if it's in the Daily Mail, it's happening in the Commonwealth countries. Also, where they sign contracts for Homeland Security and FEMA with Janet Napolitano.
0: Right. Well, just, just, just moving right along because uh, I'm, I'm just looking at our, at our time clock here, and we've already. Uh, gone an hour's time in our in our program and we've covered two of the seven topics that we've talked about cover so let's let's jump from from here over to the jesuits and castro and i'm and i'm looking at an article in russia today that says russian patriarch really flies to cuba for a historic meeting with Pope Francis. Why are all these clerics, Jesuits and others, landing on a Caribbean island where my uncle was the deputy black pope, Jesuit handler of Fidel Castro? You tell me.
1: Well, um, he was working for Fidel Castro. Um, you have to remember that The Farnese, the House of Farnese, or Castro's family, um, they are the ones who created the Jesuits in the 1500s. And it was Alessandro Farnese from northern Italy who was sent to work under a Borgia who was the pope. And um, at 24, he was a cardinal, and when Borgia died, he became uh, Pope Paul III. So Castro is a member of what we call the Vatican nobility. Now, many of the popes are from these ancient Iranian bloodlines. And many of their accoutrements, the red slippers that the pope wears, the papal tiara, which is that big domed felt-looking hat that they wear. um, There are many, many other, other things, signs and symbols, that indicate this Iranian background. Um, those are all Central Asian uh, creations and styles and origins. So, indeed, the Vatican and the history of the popes is very much a history of these ancient Iranian bloodlines, believe it or not. And um, it, it was, um, it's was it been really, really interesting studying this, but uh, Fidel Castro now, um, his father left Spain but he was born in Piacenza, which is another house of the Farnese, and uh, those those are the Dukes of Piacenza. Uh, Fidel Castro is from the Dukes of um, Castro, and then there's another. Um, uh, Alej- Alessandro Farnese he had three sons. The third one became the Duke of Parma, and uh, or I- of Italy. Part of Italy, so um, so it's no wonder that Cuba actually was taken over by Castro, Fidel Castro, to be a breeding ground or a training ground for the Jesuits, the special Jesuits who would be sent out to North, Central, and South America to carry out the New World New World Order agenda, which is really of the origin is these ancient Iranian bloodlines. It's what they want and how they want it. And it's people like, um, Putin, Queen Elizabeth, all the, the monarchs on the thrones, the emperor of Japan, um, probably even Nelson Mandela. All of these people are actors on the, um, ancient Iranian stage, bloodline stage. And, um, they're actors. This is theater. It's just theater. And um, but they're playing with with very powerful weapons, with very powerful social weapons, with uh, uh, and a lot of the bad stuff comes out of the university. So everybody's working for them, whether you think so or not, or whether they admit it or not, they don't even know. But everybody's working for those ancient Iranian bloodlines and the Jesuits. Um, are the public face, so they carry out an engineer and spy on everyone. They're a spy agency. They are not Catholics. They are not religious. They do not believe in God. And you can even see it when Pope Francis does a mass. He's clumsy. He's not comfortable with it. It's not natural to him. There's no spirituality in it. It's a very kind of a mechanical, clumsy kind of a thing that he does. And a lot of Catholics are angry that he is Pope because they've said there's a complete prohibition in the Vatican that any uh, Jesuit should ever be Pope. They're not allowed to. So this is some huge harbinger, some big warning, some big major sign and symbol that there is a tremendous transition underway now uh, with the Jesuits driving it. And of course, they're driving it for these ancient Iranian bloodlines. And uh, so that is why they're having this meeting uh, with Fidel Castro. He will be there, of course, on the island of Cuba in the Caribbean. Because remember, this is where Columbus landed, on the island of Cuba. Um and it's shared with uh, the um what's it shared with um,
0: um Are are you thinking of of the Dominican Republic and
1: Yes, yes and, Dominican and Haiti Republic, no. Yes. no 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 and, the, and Cuba is no. a
0: is a separate island. It's it's to the oh. west of east of east of Hispaniola, which is Dominican Republic and, and Haiti, but Cuba was, was oh, kind I'm of the main right, right. hub yes, of yes. the Caribbean at that time. However, yes. this meeting, I think, can be seen in the context of the end of religion paradoxically coming out of a one-world religion. Is that yes. kind of...
1: Yes, and, and what they're doing is they are bringing all Christians under the Pope. And the Greek Orthodox Church, the uh, some of the other Orthodox churches, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church are already under the Pope. But the Russian Orthodox Church, the uh, Russian Eastern Orthodox Church, uh, came out of a schism in the Vatican between the um, two factions of Catholics. And the Eastern Orthodox religion came, uh, they left the Vatican and they ended up in Constantinople because King uh, Emperor Constantine took them to uh, Constantinople, which today is called um, Istanbul.
0: yeah
1: And um, he built really beautiful, beautiful, <clears throat> beautiful churches now. There is a statue of him in marble in the Garden of the Vatican, and he looks like a Greek. But when I found a mosaic of him on a church in Constantinople, he looked like a Persian miniature. Because the Romans were all Persians. They were all Iranians. So Italy is an Iranian-based historic country. A lot of people don't know that, but that's why their uh, clothing design, their couture and and fashion has many Central Asian elements. Just as the Vatican um, signs and symbols and and clothing and and religious um, icons and things have uh, a lot of Central Asian design in them, if you're familiar with it. And um, <coughs> so these. These people are meeting on the island of Cuba to bring the last vestige of independence from Rome, the Eastern Orthodox Russian Church, or the Russian Eastern Orthodox Church. And so they're bringing the patriarch, Kilin, is that his name, Kilin?
0: Uh Kirill.
1: Oh, Kirill, Kirill, that's right. They are bringing him to Cuba to bring him into the fold of the Vatican. So he will now be feeding the uh, Russian Orthodox Church to the Pope of Rome, who's a Jesuit. He's not even religious. And um, there are two KGBs now, KGB, KGB generals who are running uh, the Moscow. There are two factions or two... Uh, churches that are um, in the, the Russian Orthodox uh, Church, um, and they, they will be mm-hmm. stepping in as Carol steps out as the head patriarch. So they're bringing all these churches in that um, managed to stay away from the Vatican, and that includes the, uh, the Serbian Orthodox Church. So all these wars in Yugoslavia in Serbia in the Ukraine um, in the uh, the eastern part where the most uh, pro-russian and the most um, religious Russian Orthodox people are living although everybody in the Ukraine they're all the same people they're all originally Russians or the Russians came from there but they're all related to each other and um, so they will be bringing all the religions under the Pope, and there will be one state religion globally. And I think um, I think it's going to be a lot like communism. It's certainly not going to be based on spirituality and um, sort of uh, the the higher levels of uh, the beauty
0: and the power of the human spirit. Right. They want to destroy that because that's what gives people, empowers people to fight back against this darkness. Right, right. Now, uh, staying with the subject of Russia, uh, uh, and uh, uh, let's go over to Syria and to the question of American versus Russian Weapon system. I know that Boeing now Putin is in the process of of replacing Boeing. Could you talk about all of this?
1: Yes. Now, um, just to go to transition from the Pope and this this religious war that's going on against uh, the real uh, Orthodox uh, worshippers. Um, what's going on in Syria and Iraq and the Middle East is a war against Christians there who have not submitted to Rome. And in Syria, a lot of the villages have different sects of Christians that go back to uh, the time of Christ. And uh, one of them is the Assyrian uh, Christians, for instance. And these terrorists are going in to the their villages and slaughtering as many as they can. So this is a religious war as well as an oil war and a resource war and a geopolitical war. And um, so um, I started, I was very interested in these uh, villages with these different Christian um, groups, ethnic groups, because, well, I should say religious groups, Because, um, they're, they're, um, this is old, old history that's still preserved. It's a living museum and it's a great way to learn about what did they really look like in the Bible times and who are these people and what do they really believe and what do their churches look like and, um, it's, uh, just a great, way to educate yourself is to watch a war and what's happening. Well, the Middle East is a really, really ancient, ancient area of religion and ideas and science and everything. So um, I started noticing how the Russians were running this war because Putin went to the UN on September 29th and he said, we have to clean up this mess in Syria. And um he gave a speech and the very next day Russia started bombing Syria. <laughs> I think the U.S. Pentagon and, and a lot of uh, governments were um, stunned because they didn't even know Russia had fighter jets there. And um and so these, uh, it's a great opportunity to study the whole weapons um, arsenal of Russia. And <clears throat> And what happened is, as they started uh, bombing and bringing out, introducing more and more weapon systems and advanced radar and everything, it has become obvious since the end of September that the Russians are ahead of the United States in, for instance, anti-aircraft radar. And they have a system called the S-400 that they moved into Syria when they were having trouble with, uh, their supposed allies, France, Germany, uh, the U.S., uh, who wanted to help kill all these ter- terrorists in Syria, when in fact um, they were flying uh, sorties every day and bombing cities and everything, but they would not give their flight plans or any inter- information about what they were targeting to the Russians the Russians was, was, the Russians have been co- coordinating the whole war. And, um, and so then it started getting out that um, the Americans and, and allies were bombing the civilian infrastructure, the civilian government-owned oil wells and oil pumping stations and oil infrastructure. And that they were, um, annihilating citizens, innocent citizens. They weren't, they were not bombing the terrorists at all. And they weren't bombing the terrorist controlled oil facilities either. They were attacking the, uh, the civilians and the government infrastructure. And, um, so the the Russians have handled that very well without getting into a war with the U.S. or anything like that. In fact, they pretty much cleaned up and won in Syria. There's just a, a little bit more fighting this week, and they will have the borders sealed off and they will have complete control of the um, the Syrian of the sovereign nation of Syria. They have restored the sovereignty of Syria. And what the Jesuits are doing now around the world is using NATO, using the U.S. military um, to destroy countries all over Africa, especially North Africa. And the creating this refugee disaster, which is part of the RAND Corporation, it's one of their plans, it's one of their playbook stories. And, um, it's the Rand Corporation in Santa Monica, California, that wrote this up. And it's to destroy the sovereignty of all nations around the world. And that's what the agenda is right now. That's the Jesuit agenda. No constitutions, no voting, uh, no public voice. People just have to do whatever they're told to do and live under conditions that is, are decided by psychopaths and sociopaths and that's exactly what's happening in California right now it's very
0: very very ugly right ugly right and and all of these smart meters are hooked up to the lights, to the
1: cell phones to the watches on people's arms to um uh to um, it's all being transmitted, like from the, the smart meters every minute it's transmitted. Whatever's going on or whatever people are thinking in a house, anything with ele- an electrical signal is picked up by the smart meters. Every minute it's transmitted to a central transmitter where it is transmitted out 250 miles offshore Two big ships that have been retrofitted, one of them was a Madsen ship, another one was, um, what was it, Maersk. And they have had big warehouses full of servers, banks of servers, put on the decks of these ships, and they're taken out into international waters where they it, because it's illegal what they're doing. And so the data transmitted to them from the smart meters and the shore communities, uh, these cities along the coast, uh, those are sent to these ships out in the international zone, international waters, and they transmit them to the Inmarsat satellites, and that's a global satellite company based in London that uh, monitors all shipping traffic for the last 30 or 40 years. Well, The um, those Malaysian airline disasters, MH370 and MH17 over the Ukraine, were actually carried out for a number of reasons, but also because Maersk wanted the contract to now monitor and track all airline traffic in Marsat. I'm sorry, in Marsat, yes. So there's another hidden agenda behind those false flags airplane shoot down in um, over the South China Sea and um, the Ukraine so all these things are integrated i mean you can't talk about something in Berkeley that isn't integrated with the the, the geopolitical scene and um, it's really uh it's really overwhelming i mean i've never thought of things ever in on the scale that they're happening now and very, very, very rapidly. So I do um, read uh, my news. I get a lot of my information from Sputniknews.com, uh, Russia Today, Fort Ruth blogspot, and then um, I search YouTube and, and other ways for South Front is also another very good um uh sort of a citizen uh, news reporting, but it 's really really good and um that 's a daily update on uh, syria yemen uh Saudi Arabia all this tension theater of tension in the middle east and how what 's happening in <clears throat> Europe and how it 's affecting uh well it 's really the it 's really the battlefront it 's about the battle the battlegrounds and <clears throat> That's also very, very interesting. And you just don't see this in the mainstream media in the West at all. Right. Or it's all live.
0: Now, let let's just in fact shift this over to the nuclear area and bring it for a moment back to the US to what you've called the deliberate nuking agenda in St. Louis, the LA methane. Methane situation. Could you talk about that?
1: Well, what I've noticed over the last couple of years is that there's been an awful lot of uh, nuclear disasters leaking underground nuclear facilities, like the um, the WIPP project, W-I-P-P, Waste Isolation Pilot Program, that I worked on as a geochemist when I was at the Livermore Nuclear Weapons Lab, and um, this this Started this underground facility. It's near, near Carlsbad Cavern in New Mexico. And this uh, facility started just having um, tritium and radioactive hydrogen and other uh, fission products and products of nuclear weapons development leaking out into the air, into the atmosphere, and spreading all over. Middle and uh, Eastern America. And tritium is something that um, destroys the fertile eggs that form in unborn baby girls. And that's all they have uh, for the rest of their lives, what forms at that time before they're even born. And so tritium is destroying the fertility of unborn baby girls all over. Uh, the, the central and eastern part of the United States, and when did the leak start? On Valentine's Day, a couple of years ago. So if you have to look at their signs and symbols. You know, um, that's that's attacking fertility, and it's indiscriminate. Anyone is exposed is 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 in danger of being sterilized. It also affects men. Uh, there are other biological problems with tritium. It's very, very, very toxic. And um, then, uh, then this big, uh, this big Manhattan Project. This is left over from World War II. A lot of nuclear waste was buried without any. Uh, really understanding of how to bury it and make sure it doesn't leak all over the environment, underground and above ground. And people just dug pits. They lay down a, a rubber um, barrier and then they dump all this nuclear waste into it and kind of roll it up or leave it there until it va- everything, the water vaporized out of it. And, um, and so there there are these huge fields in the middle of Saint Louis, Missouri, that are now uh suddenly spewing uh, radiation all over the the, the citizens and their their um um uh, it they're breathing contaminated air, they're drinking contaminated water, and the whole subsurface underground uh, region of a large part of the city is very contaminated with radiation. And people have been sick for a long, long time with cancer and a lot of other radiation-related illnesses. Um, But for some reason, it's being uh, remobilized or the demobilization is accelerated right now. So there are a lot of problems in St. Louis with that. It's even more dangerous to dig it up and move it because you um, you expose even more of it to uh, being transported as dust or attached to dust or a- evaporating into the atmosphere and being carried long distances. Um, uranium doesn't, I'm sorry, radiation doesn't um, get diluted. You don't decrease the power of it by... Uh, blending it with like more water or throwing it at the ocean, you're diluting the data. In other words, every atom that is radioactive, you still have the same number of atoms, whether you have them in a nuclear power plant like Fukushima or whether it's all dumped into the ocean and spreads all over the oceans of the world. It's still the same number of live bullets waiting to kill people or living things. Um, they're just mo- they're just more separated. They're farther apart, but it's the same nuclear war. If you see what I mean, and right. um, and now this third disaster area is in uh, the San Fernando Valley along the um, Santa Santa uh, the Santa Santa Susana Fault. And um, it's carrying fresh fission products and uh, radiation that was released by Raytheon and Rocketdyne um, at their Santa Susana facility. They were trying to create uh, X-ray lasers for space weapons. And so they had a research reactor there. Now, Dr. Chris Busby was hired by a law firm about six or seven years ago, and he went to um, to Los Angeles, and he investigated why uh, 50 or 60 parents had hired this law firm, because their children had died of very rare cancers, and um, this was in the... Um, in the Santa Susana area all the way up to Ventura, quite a long distance, maybe 100 miles or 50 miles. And uh, Busby was um, taking water samples out of the ground at the facility. Um, He was taking air samples. He was checking licenses, operating licenses and everything. And he called up the law firm and he said, okay, I've got the water samples back. There are fresh fission products with very stored half lives, which means these were just made in a reactor there, and um, some of the half lives are, are 10 hours. So um, they've just been created in this reactor, and um, you know, within uh, uh, a day, they're completely not radioactive anymore. Those particular isotopes, but out of a fission reaction. Um, almost 2,000 different radioactive isotopes are produced, and um, so he told the law firm that he found these fresh fission products, which indicated the uh, that research reactor was still being operated. And he said, but he checked with the um, NRC, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, that licenses all reactors, whether they're commercial reactors, military reactors, or um, something like a research reactor at, at Raytheon and, and Rocketdyne. And um, he discovered they had revoked the operating license 10 years before because of violations. And so these two corporations, war corporations, had been illegally operating that reactor for 10 years at least. And they had completely contaminated the underground environment, the groundwater and everything, sitting on an active fault. So all that migrated down along with the fault, the path of least resistance, into a big urban area. And they're even picking up this radiation that's coming from this methane leak that is also picking up the... um, the radiation from Santa Susana and mixing it with uh, this underground natural oil that is burning and producing this black smoke column. And they're picking it up all the way down in in, um, Riverside. This is 100 miles away from, um, or uh, under 100 miles away from the, the Santa Susana area. And I looked at the geologic map and this uh, leak is right at the bottom of these huge mountains that form this basin around uh, the L.A. basin. And so this radiation is being released. It's being rained and snowed out in these high mountains. And, um, and they recharge, this contaminated water is recharging the uh, shallow wells all around that basin at the foot of the mountains that people are drinking. And um, there's there's just a huge amount of methane in the ground. It was stored there deliberately. It's now mixed up with chemicals that leaked into it and all the radiation from that illegal reactor at Santa Susana. So when the lawyers representing the parents of the dead children contacted the lawyers for Rocketdyne, Rocketdyne and Raytheon. Uh, that lawsuit was settled within about five days out of court for $250 million. And I said, good God, why did they settle for so much? Why did Rocketdyne and Raytheon give them so much? He said, because everyone in Los Angeles was contaminated just as the children were. Hmm. And so they're just doing it again. Now it's reactivated and they're they're dosing the whole population of the LA Basin and South all over again.
0: Right. So this is kind of a depopulation part of the nuclear this is,
1: all the nuclear technologies, all of them are depopulation. And and what they're doing is systematically going all over the world and and all over the United States and they're actively stirring up or disturbing this buried nuclear waste so that it starts releasing again. And so it's pulses of radiation all over the world from all these dump sites.
0: So they, this is just like churning the, churning the depopulation in the extermination, uh, uh, tank.
1: Accelerating
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. In fact. And then, they co- and then they come in with helicopters. They just finished
1: another, uh, radiation survey. It took, uh, three or four or five helicopters a week to survey the San Francisco Bay Area. And they did it on a grid plan. And, um, they, that's like the fourth or fifth one they've done since the Fukushima disaster. And so they're doing a dose response. They're measuring the radiation levels now, and so they know how many people have died from the government statistics since the last time they did a measure and before that and before that. And so they are measuring periodically to see how many people they have killed and how much more radiation they have to put out to reach the kill target.
0: Right, right. Now, you've even begun to uncover in your own original research, which you'll be reporting tonight, that the U.S. is using neutron bombs. Could you share that with us, please?
1: Well, the neutron bomb was developed by Samuel Cohen. He invented it. He was a Manhattan Project scientist. And Much to his surprise, in the 1970s, the Pope in the Vatican awarded him the highest Vatican Peace Prize that the Catholic Church awards for inventing the neutron bomb, which is purely for depopulation. And he said, I don't even know why they gave it to me. Why? Why would they give me a peace prize for inventing the neutron bomb? It's to kill lots of people. And um, and so then the guy who interviewed him, it's in a book called uh, "Working in the Field of the Bombs" by a guy named Detredici. It's an excellent book. Um, so the the um, the journalist said, "Well, well, why did you make it?" And Samuel Cohen said, "Well, you know, it was a really bad thing to make. I know that, but um, I made it because I could." And that was his answer. <laughs> so, um, so there's the Catholic Church making the, you know, making it a, a glorious thing to uh, make make uh, another genocidal very effective genocidal weapon that you can't see or taste or smell or even know what happened to you. And so I noticed uh, when I was looking at data collected by Dr. Cahill at UC Davis, he's one of the most well-known atmospheric pollution uh, scientists in the world. And he developed a lot of new equipment for... Uh, measuring, for instance, the elements and the molecules, the different compounds in smog over cities. And he works with an international coalition that he built himself. So he was asked privately uh, by uh, someone in the Department of Energy after 9-11 happened. They waited two weeks, and then they asked him to voluntarily go to New York City and do air monitoring for at least six months of what was coming out of the World Trade Center because they had used nuclear materials there, And uh, but they didn't want anyone to know. And, of course, by asking him to voluntarily collect this data, it belongs to him. And he can do anything he wants to with it and not give it to people or or whatever he wants to do with it. So, um, but he knows that if he gives it to the wrong people, he won't get any more research money. So um, they've got, you know, a pretty tight control of him. Anyway, in his data, I saw his report, uh, were the compounds or the components for nuclear weapons. And they're not used for anything else. So I knew they had used many nukes, neutron, neutron bombs at the World Trade Center, and it's Dr. Stephen Jones, the three popes of 9-11, or Dr. Stephen Jones, who's a Mormon physicist in Utah, uh, and the Jesuits started them. Um, uh, Webster Tarpley, who worked for Lyndon LaRouche, he's a Jesuit-trained agent for the uh, Jesuits. He's out of Princeton and the third one is um Dr. David Ray Griffin who uh is a theologian i think he's affiliated with Santa Clara University which is um that's Jesuit and um he's the third one who's kind of a mousy little gray-haired guy but um he wrote uh well actually Richard um Falk wrote the book for him or or has helped him do all of his books. And Richard Falk is the rapporteur for Palestine. And um, he's written a number of articles about just wars. In other words, genocide is just fine. And it's just a justified by this and that. So he's actually the rapporteur for the UN supposedly to protect the Palestinians when in fact he supports the genocide of various populations. So anyway, those are the, um, those were the three, uh, popes of nine 11 and, um, the, uh, the world trade center is really, um, that, that's really the key to actually it's the energy budget uh, for that event, how much energy was needed to powder those building into nanoparticles. And it comes out that only nuclear weapons could do that. So they used some exotic nuclear weapons from Livermore to destroy or to create um, – to, uh, um, to break down – all the building materials into nanosized particles, and I saw a photograph taken from the space station at that conference we went to of um, uh, Dr. Fetzer's, and the air column of smoke on the third day after 9-11 was all the way up in lower orbital space. I, I, my PhD research was on atmospheric dust, I've never seen anything like that ever, before. yeah, yeah,
0: and all of the first responders are like Hiroshima survivors that are yes. dying now, could I ask you, I know it's a little bit off topic, but was there a directed energy role uh directed energy weapons role in that a kind of a harp like, or do you think it was all uh all sophisticated nukes?
1: Oh, it was a combination. Um, it was multi-vectored.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And um, um, it's uh, there were certainly nukes involved. Um, there was um, uh, non-nuclear materials and explosives involved. There were things stored in the building on various levels that uh, the janitors knew were in there, big drums and barrels of, of chemicals and stuff that shouldn't have been there, in offices and um and there was a whole floor that no one was ever allowed on into that one of the janitors told me about and um so there were multiple multiple vectors of different kinds of weapons and weapon systems. Tarp was used, and there was also uh, a a huge military plane flying overhead that generally carries a major uh laser
0: uh-huh.
1: so so there were um, a number of things involved, but um, but the, the nukes were very important. And um, and so that's when I first started hearing about neutron bombs. I knew that Samuel Cohen had invented them, but, um, but it was 9-11 when they, they used them on a commercial building in, in the United States. Then I noticed um, they were using them in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, it was written about, but I got that information in Europe, not in the U S and then, um, then I noticed um, they were using them in Yemen uh, more recently uh, in the last year or two. And uh, the U S is involved there. So um, either
0: Israel dropped those or the U S did. Right. And,
1: uh, Israel's the name that has come up as the culprit in a number of um, online uh, sources. Then um, I have seen one picture of a neutron bomb detonation in China. And so when I was sitting with Loraz last night watching uh, video news that we we search for every night, on Yemen and on Syria, Iraq, and it's Syria and Iraq that are involved, um, getting rid of these terrorists. Um, uh, we were, we were about, um, maybe half a minute between half a minute and a minute into a new news video we found. And we went, Oh my God, Larry said, that's a neutron bomb. And, um, and it, it, It was, it happened, uh, during a very heavy bombing, um, session or cycle in a city in Syria. It's all flat around it, so it's probably in the eastern part of Syria that just happened within the last couple of days. And apparently, uh, some of the citizens in the city walked out into the country and they were kind of standing on a country road watching the bombing but they weren't in danger of being bombed they were out of that you know bombing zone they thought and um they were just they weren't armed or anything they were just watching what was happening and all of a sudden this thing came down It, it was a faint beam of light or photons and then boom the neutron bomb exploded just a couple hundred feet from them and of course it knocked them all on the ground, but they will all die from the effects of the neutrons. Uh, they're very, very damaging to biological systems. And the reason they're using them now more and more widely, we are now in a neutron bomb nuclear war, a covert one globally, to depopulate. And um, the reason that um, they're so... Uh, sought after by the bankers and the military is because they destroy the population. They die from long lingering illnesses and um, they leave the entire infrastructure untouched. Neutrons do not uh, disturb uh, building materials and things like that. Um, now, um, oh gosh, I just forgot what I was going to say. Um,
0: well, neutrons, well it so so okay. that so that what, so that what occurred there is yes. that civilians, innocent civilians yes. in Syria were in cold blood with yes. a neutron bomb, uh, uh, as a war crime, yes, were war crime murdered through a crime against humanity by the United States.
1: And the, uh,
0: yes, the fighter jets it, is that, what the that case is? flying
1: in that area at that time appeared to be American fighter jets. So um, it absolutely the Russians would not
0: drop it. They won't even drop a bomb yeah.
1: unless they know yeah. there so, are no so civilians around at all.
0: Right. So if you could save that video... Because that video could lead to the prosecution. Yes. And conviction. Yes. Of everybody going up the chain of command to Barack Obama, Joe Biden, the whole lot of them, war criminals, so that somebody can be accountable for the United States of America as the war crimes, fraud, corrupt nation Abomination that it is. Excuse my language. Yes.
1: It is. You're an American. You're allowed to say it without offending anyone. Um, and uh, the, another really terrible thing that happened, and John Kerry has to be included in any tribunal because he personally had three to five neutron bombs transferred in October of 2014 uh, to the Ukraine. And he transferred them to, he delivered them to the Kiev Junta, this illegal CIA um, cabal that uh, overthrew the, they replaced the overthrown um, democratically elected Yanukovych, the former president of the Ukraine. And um, Dick Cheney was involved in that. Um, They've been after the Ukraine since the Bolshevik Revolution, even. and. Um it it's uh, Monsanto that wants it because it's the probably the richest black farmland soil in the world. It's thirty five percent of the black soil in the world is in the Ukraine. It's a huge floodplain for uh central and eastern Europe. Uh and the water um, goes across that that sort of flat region and and drops all its rich uh, soil particles and, um, and nutrients uh, before it goes in, before it goes into the black sea. This is from their ice ages melting and it's, it's millions and millions of years of black soil accumulating. And um, so Monsanto wanted to take it over and, um, And to, uh, turn it all into GMO food. Europe, uh, is GMO free. Nobody wants GMO food. In fact, Putin has said, uh, he's stopping all GMO farming in, in Russia. And, uh, Russia is, this year will become the largest grain grower in the world. And it already is the largest food producer in the world. It's, it's passed, uh, over United
0: States. It's gained ahead of the United States now. By, by the way, um, uh, viewers should know that John Kerry, he was uh, in college at the same time I was, was head of the political union and in Skull and Bones at Yale. So here you have a Skull and Boneser uh, Skull and Bones goes back to 1776. It was the second chapter of the Illuminati. And as you stated, uh, uh, his family goes back, uh, to the Dope Inc. It was a Dope Inc. family going back to 1832 with the Clipper ships. And, uh, uh, is, you know, part of Dope Inc. So, That's the heritage of the United States. And uh, I think we should have world war crimes trials that are global. And all of these, all of these secret societies and organizations, the corporate veil pierced and public trials. And I say this as a war crimes judge, because all of the evidence is here. We're, We're just bringing it out because Kerry is in the chain of command uh, with the with that neutron bomb that killed those civilians in Syria. And, uh, uh, you know, I just don't know. And Americans are just mesmerized by the circus of their New Hampshire's and stuff They're They're worthless. They have no more country. They have, they have no more no more, no left, more left standards left. nothing it's all no. baloney they're going to in they're they're looking to elect uh two war criminals uh a clinton who is a doping war criminal and a trump who's a jesuit mind control uh 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 you know who's going to do nothing about the heroin problem is probably going to run the u.s into a financial ditch and implement the police state even more so that's
1: what, that's what they're going to do together or apart either one of them
0: yeah yeah and i'm not even sure about sanders do you have any sort of an opinion on sanders
1: well, I know that his sister um worked in the administration. I mean, she was like the key person in the running the office for a number of presidents. So, uh there's some kind of insiders and she was feeding him information about Republicans and Democrats from uh you know, she was she was
0: But I mean, do, do you think that personally he has integrity?
1: Um I don't trust him at
0: all. Okay. Well, we'll see.
1: I just don't. Okay. Just don't. I don't.
0: Well, we're, we're starting to come to the, to the, to the end of this segment. Um, what, uh, what, what thoughts and kind of would you like to leave our viewers with? I know that the last program was overwhelmingly this kind of optimistic point of view. And that's because we were reporting from the Silk Road economy, the harmony that Putin's Russia and China are bringing in. And this side, we're just reporting from the chaos and the corruption that the Western powers, the Jesuit, the CIA, the skull and bones are, the genociders, the dopings, are are bringing in. How do we reconcile these kind of two sides, those of us who find ourselves, you know, living and reporting from inside the belly of the beast? Well,
1: um, first of all, I'd like to say that changes and transition and uh, uh, dynamics... Um, just continuing, continuing, continue and continue um, and continue and without looking at history people don't understand that it keeps repeating itself so when we go back a thousand years and we look at a thousand years of war um, war a thousand years ago there's a video on the internet that you can look at it in five minutes it's very 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 interesting and what I realized is that a thousand years ago um, the Crusades were part of it, um, there was a lot of conflict over the Silk Road. And the Crusades were carried out by Northern Europeans who organized it to go to the Middle East and capture the Silk Road, which was in decline, and redirected into Europe and revive the trading so it would bring, bring tremendous revenue into Europe, which was basically undeveloped. And um, and so they needed an excuse to go to the Middle East. It looked like they were there on legitimate business. And so they went as, as Christian crusaders to protect the holy relics of the, the Christian church in history. And um, but what they were really there for was to um, hijack the the Silk Road. And um, and now here we are a thousand years later in a new transition, which is Um, it's reviving the Silk Road again, but creating a whole new global economy based on it. And uh, Russia, Putin is building a railroad from Beijing to Moscow, to Berlin, to the Middle East, to Egypt. And so this is basically the ancient trade route. And, um, but Europe has sort of grown up, sort of. I don't think they know what they're doing right now, but they're trying to, to do a lot of things that don't make sense. Hopefully they'll uh, come back into balance. But also um, the, uh, the United States is being used, the military, to destroy the sovereignty of nations around the world. And that's why they've gone into Africa and the Middle East and, and other regions uh, Africa, Iraq and, and Afghanistan to destroy, um, civil society, uh, centers of ancient learning and culture and, um, and to, um, get control of energy resources. So they are destroying the sovereignty of many, many nations across North Africa. And now, uh, NATO and the U.S. military is trying to destroy, uh, nations on the south side of the Sahara Desert, on the, the southern part of North Africa. And, um, and of course these populations of displaced people, homeless people, or victims of war, um, they, uh, NATO, um, and the U.S. government parked them in Turkey in concentration camps that were really um, refugee camps and they just housed them there for a year. The UN fed them and then uh, six months later they were dumped into Europe and now they're destroying European countries and European civil society. So all these dynamic things are happening and you have to break down the old to bring in the new. And so people should begin to educate themselves about the history, the ancient history of these regions that are being affected, and then relocate to the stable regions that are, are um, growing in a positive sense. And I would say it will be uh, Eastern Europe, um, it will be all of Eurasia uh, from Eastern Europe, into China and and that region, Korea, Japan is a nuclear toast. So I wouldn't recommend going there unless you have in um, a um, radiation preventive medicine that will keep you alive and well. And um, there there may be diets or whatever that you can do it. But um, if you want to live a long time <laughs> without a lot of illnesses, you don't want to go to Japan now. So I want people to understand that this has happened over and over and over again in cycles. It's nothing new. The Chinese kanji figure or pictogram for disaster is the same pictogram, the same word, so to speak, in a picture for opportunity. And so there are lots of opportunities happening now. There are lots of very positive things happening now. Russia is developing virgin farmland now from uh, areas that have never, ever been farmed or disturbed at all. And you can go and get free land there and become a farmer. Um, there are lots of things to do. This new railroad that will be built very quickly is going to have the same gauge from uh, Beijing all the way to where it ends in Egypt. And uh, the problem in Europe is that there are different railroad gauges in Europe than in Russia. So um, you can't easily transport um, goods by train without having to unload them at the border of Russia with whatever country is on the other side of the border. Everything has to be taken off the Russian train and then reloaded on a European train. So um, they even want to uh, bring a railroad over up through Alaska and over the Bering Sea area, or the Aleutians, I guess, the Bering Sea area, into um, that that Siberian area region of uh, Russia, and that would be yet. Um, continue to Beijing. So lots and lots of very exciting things are happening, and um, um, if the world is your oyster if you want to go out and have some adventures. If you're going to stay where you are, you need to understand what um, agendas are coming and then how to protect yourself. And uh, if you're in a big city, get out into the mountains in the country. Go into the Green Mountains in Vermont or Upper State New York. And uh, that's where the Green Mountain Boys are, and they still are there since, you know, hundreds of years ago. And uh, that's where you can um, live quietly and be be protected more than in the cities. So um, don't be afraid. Believe in yourself. Believe that your intuition is good. Be strong. Um, please, please rely and reach into your spiritual realm because that's where the real energy comes to drive you through um, these these dark stages or the dark cycles in life. It's just the way it is. It's always been that way. And um, make friends who are good friends. Um, do things that you love and that you enjoy and and the right people begin to come and find you. So when you're in the right spirit um, you are protected and the right people will come to help you and that's what we need to do now is to operate more off of spiritual energy which is much more powerful and um, and it can inspire and power things that uh, you doing, things that you never thought you could do. But it's time for change. There's nothing we can do to stop the
0: change, so we might as well become a good part of it. Well, thank you. Those are very profound words, and, and, and we're grateful for them. And, and we, we, we want to thank you, Loren, for taking time out of your schedule to be with us Today And we look forward to have you join us again in the future as events develop.
1: And I would like to thank the audience for their comments. Um, Please go to our website, lorenmuret.info. We have lots and lots of information on the geopolitics, science, radiation, all kinds of things. What kind of water filter to put in your kitchen? So forth and so on. Um, there are political cartoons. There's something for everyone there, and it's also a very beautiful website. Uh, Mr. Laurent Spadis has done a beautiful job on it. Very, very nice. And um, and then there's a button to make donations. Uh, we cannot continue without donations from the public, and um, we appreciate all your wonderful comments. That just it's been really really uh made us happy to read them and we want to thank the people who have donated and have been so generous and supportive and we're looking forward to more interviews with you but please go to our website and uh, make a donation even a small one makes a difference to us so thank you very much alfred and um I'm looking forward to 2016 in your studio and uh, discussing very, very important issues. You've added so much to my life and my research. I appreciate it very much. And, um, uh, and a good luck uh, to everyone out there who's listening. Don't be afraid. Thank you. Be happy. Thank you.